Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Pass the Torch podcast, powered by Torch Pro. I'm your host, Danny Healy, talking to your favorite athletes and sports personalities from around the globe as they share with us their personal journeys in sports and the lessons they've learned along the way. Today's first episode features three-time Super Bowl champion and successful businessman, Lonnie Paxton. We chat about his playing days in New England alongside Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, the importance of pro athletes setting themselves up for life after sports, and the business ventures he's currently working on. He's one of the better humans we have out there and was truly an awesome conversation. So let's dive in. Today, Torch Pro welcomes on Lonnie Paxton, former NFL player, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. But I think what you've done off the field and your resume off the field is a little bit more impressive than what you've done on the field. Um, but I want to start where it all began, your journey on the gridiron. So where did you grow up playing the game of football and how did you fall in love with it? Man, I grew up uh, in Southern California <clears throat> um, in a small town called Corona, which is actually a big time now. Um, but my uh, my dad was a season ticket holder to the L.A. Rams at the time. So, you know, we would on, on top of just like playing, you know, youth flag football and, and basketball and sports and riding BMX, he would take me to NFL games and um, we'd go in early and <clears throat> we kind of watch all the fanfare. and. Um, you know, he wasn't a huge tailgate guy because he'd take me in and we'd watch kind of the, the theatrics of the game. And, you know, you had the players coming out early, you had the cheerleaders, you had, you know, all the, the bands and everything going on. And, and right in front of me um, was this guy long snapping. And so, you know, I always kind of threw really well, played pitcher. And, and when I was young, I played the quarterback position because I could throw the best and throw it accurately. And <clears throat> he's like, hey, you know, look at how you know that guy's made a career out of what he's doing right there. And, um, you know, didn't pressure it on me or anything. I just thought it was really cool that he could throw with two hands between his legs perfectly every time. And when it came time for uh, high school football to start, you know, I was like, wait, what do you want to play? And obviously I'm like, I want to play quarterback. And, you know, everyone wants to do all the cool stuff. Yeah. And then uh, you need that position. Say, who, who can do this? And I raised my hand. I, I, I can do it because I've seen it. So it kind of started there and, and progressed, obviously, to where it got me at the end of my career. Yeah. When did, when did you transition to become like a full-time long snapper? So I actually, I played high school football, not to, didn't get to the level of the NFL like you did, but I was actually the long snapper as well, but I played tight end. No way. Yeah. So um, it's definitely a hard nervous position, but when did you make that transition? that was like, I'm going to be a long snapper. Yeah. So it kind of happened um, uh, at the end of my college career because when I was in high school and in college, I played offensive line as well. And so I played center guard tackle and kind of utility guy. I started on the O-line, but anytime someone's go down, I'd move over position. And I also long snapped and that helped me get to college, helped me get a scholarship because coming out of high school, you know, it's kind of down because you, you get all these college letters and, and, you know, your parents are immediately like, Oh, look, USC is looking at you. I'm like, well, they're not really, it's part of their like standard the issue. They send letters to all these guys who are seniors. And so, um, you know, there was a little hype that I had chances and, and when it didn't happen, I started, to get down on myself and I'm um, hanging with the wrong crowd and and you know all my friends get in trouble and you know getting arrested and doing drugs and all these things and and luckily at this time um Sacramento State came in and was just like hey we'll, we'll give you a sh- you know we'll give you a shot to come up here so I took a trip and I met some of the best guys I mean I still keep in touch with these guys like a 20-year text message chain and uh some of the best influences on my life um playing offensive line and long snapping and and uh and, and whatnot and so as that happened and through my college career, same idea at the end of college, I was like, Hey, I just want to finish school. You know, these guys are too good in the league. I got, I got a chance and scouts would come around to see some of these guys because they were really good and ended up being injured, didn't play, but they found kind of me through this process. And, you know, it was pretty funny because that one of them, I remember specifically, they asked me, Hey, you know, do you have after the workout when I throw a few strikes, 
do you have an agent? And I was like, well, well, no, how do you get, how do you get an agent? I have no <laughs> clue. And, uh, and they started, uh, you know, giving me business cards and my first agent ended up being a real estate agent who could just review the contract. It wasn't like this player agent. So kind of a funny story. And, um, you know, it was, it was just, it, for me, it was one of those opportunities. You always take that first opportunity rather than pass them up, pass them up, pass them up for the best one. You take the first one, in my opinion, that is willing to give you a chance. And that happened in college, happened in the league with the Patriots. Yeah, it sounds like you just embraced it, embraced the grind. So now, now you get to that NFL ranks and you were the long snapper on some of the most historic kicks in NFL history, right? It's the Rams Super Bowl in 01. But before that even, and it's actually hanging on my wall back there, but that's the snowball game. <laughs> so yeah. like, can yeah, you pick so- me out is the question. No one can ever figure out which one I am. They think I'm the guy kind of, bent over forward but i'm the guy tripping 90 i'm flipping that big 90 right there let's go let's go let's and so go. i think yeah and again so was those some of the most nervous moments of your life going out for those kicks you know what's funny is like <clears throat> ner- nervous i don't know would be like the 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 right description it was a little bit of anxiety of like you know you go through all these moments in practice and as you can see with the patriots game last week Patriots practice outside in those conditions for that one reason. So when it happens in a game, you're not nervous. So, but for me, you know, the long snap in such a thankless position. So all you can really do is fuck it up. So I always had in my, just, you know, my, the way I practiced and the way I tried to think about my role was just don't fuck it up. So everything that went into it was like, okay, let's do it right, 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 right. We practice to do it right. The guys, you know, the the, the holder and, and Vinatieri had great confidence in me to do it right. So, you know, for me, it was those conditions kind of suck. And but you do it in practice. You, you're so repetitious at it that I tried to go in as this like Cali kid who didn't really expect to be on the big stage. And oh wow, I'm here, and let's just not think about it. You know that that worked out for 12 years. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And now it's today ESPN plus is running some of those Super Bowl years with the man in the arena. Have you been enjoying that? Yeah. I mean, it brings back a ton of memories just watching it and, you know, hearing the way Willie and Vrabel and Teddy kind of describe those teams. I mean, those guys, they're so, they were such a big part of the team. I was such a little part and to watch those guys back then and now to see them recounted, it's, um, it's, it's pretty special. Yeah. And so now, as I mentioned in the beginning, you have a really strong resume off the field. So I kind of want to dive into that side of things. And this is this is based off your LinkedIn. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but some of the things you've done, you're currently CEO of Dotted Lines. Um, you were one of the first Red Bull amb- ambassadors in the NFL. Uh, you were senior marketing uh, manager at GoPro and currently working with Kind Humans and Knocking Point Wines. And so, yeah, I just want to talk about it all. But first, just generally, what fueled your desire to be successful off the field and what led you um, to these specific fields? Uh, well, I mean, let's talk about like what led me there. Cause like growing up in Southern California, I always had this passion for action sports and in action sports, it's all about the sticker. It's all about the brand. It's all about the experience that you have at these events and with these athletes. And, and that was before content was a big thing. So this was like, you had to go to an event to experience it to feel it, talk about it, tell your friends and kind of have this word of mouth marketing. So I was really in tune with that, with these festivals and events and, and, and growing up around these guys. And so that was just part of my DNA. And so when I became a, a professional football player, I would go to those experiences in the off season, or I would bring some of those guys to the games. We would trade 
swag. So they would send me boxes of gear and like, I would have, you know, everyone in the locker room gets Under Armour, Nike, Adidas. That's just, that's what you do. But if they get a cool hat or, you know, a shirt made by a tattoo company, or you have a Red Bull fridge in your locker, they're like, what is this? You know, it's interesting to them. It's different. It's like, it's kind of, pop culture to them. So, you know, I kind of became that guy and, and, and I actually tried to work for Red Bull coming out of college and then turned that into a relationship where I would actually drive like 30 miles to pick up one or two cases of Red Bull. And then we start winning Super Bowls and now they're sending me 30 cases. I've got a fridge in my locker, they're flying me to X games to give speaking events. So I made a really tight relationship with them and their vice president of sports marketing at the time, Paul Crandall, who, just became a friend and 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 throughout this process we kept in touch and when i went to denver and towards the end of my career he became the vice president of marketing for gopro you know and so it was like this natural progression that led me to just ask questions of like you know what's the idea behind this camera i think it could be used in team sports for this really cool perspective and training not you know uh have a pitcher see what the catcher sees have a linebacker see what the quarterback sees and by all these things of like different perspectives mean your training and your experience kind of level goes up and then parlay that to the fans experience getting closer to their favorite player or their favorite kind of moment it was just like perfect kind of uh thing for me and so they didn't give me the job but they you know they let me talk to the right people and explain this on how i could be an asset to them and so um you know i i kind of it 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 falls back to the relationships i built throughout my time in the nfl and and always kind of doing those events that were for free and and, and going to those uh, functions and having cocktails with the right people and, and telling your story and being open to their, you know, they might ask you the 50 of the same questions within the next 15 minutes, but you know, you're building these relationships and, and at some point, you know, you, you need them, they need you. And, and I was able to draw on a lot of those experiences leaving the NFL and on into GoPro um, not only from my relationships I built, but the kind of culture I grew up in in Southern California. Yeah. And I think it's one thing that's so special about being a professional athlete is the platform it gives you. And it kind of gives you in a way that foot in the door. Um, and so I guess how important is it for current athletes to use their influence during their playing years to set themselves up for, for life after sports? And I guess just do you have any advice there? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it starts now. You know, I mean, it, it's really hard to to think of the end of your career at the start of your career. And so no one wants to do that. You know, you're really focused on them now, but with services like you provide and people who have experienced in, 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 you know, similar to me of, of leaving kind of this legacy on the field and trying to build this thing throughout your career, because that is the next stage of your career are extremely important. Um, you know, for me, it was a lot of follow-ups. It was the um, back then there wasn't a ton of content. It, YouTube wasn't around cell phone mm. pictures weren't around, you know, Instagram, all this stuff. And so it was, it was more authentic because I had to actually reach out to people on the phone call and talk to them or go see them in person. Now it's much easier to, to, you know, post something and talk about it. And, and that's how you show love. And I, I don't think that's the way to go. I think there's a mix that needs to happen of in-person versus like what you put on channels um, versus, the, the stuff that's produced versus the stuff that's all you um, and understanding that, you know, your brand isn't just your, your social voice. It's everything. Um, and it's, and it's those relationships and it's been tough with COVID and stuff to, to get to that face to face stuff. But, you know, when it's, when it's open and it's ready and you are an athlete that can go to events for free where, 
you know, hey, I expect five grand because of who I am, but maybe the scenario is right. Like take those opportunities and and don't look at it as a money grab, look at it as a long lead opportunity. Yeah. And I think at Torch Pro, that's what we're all about, right? Is kind of embracing the new age of, of media in general and really getting your story out there, whether it's to inspire someone or it's to grow your own personal brand to, to make profit <laughs> off marketing dollars, whatever it might be. I think it's super important. And I guess, did you wish you did more of that during your own career or, or did you feel like you set yourself up nicely? Man, I didn't have like a, a like I said, it wasn't, uh, my agent was a small boutique agency really focused yeah. on specialists, long snappers, kickers, punters, coaches, a few other players, but they didn't have like this marketing service. They had a, a guy who I'm still close with today who would feed me a few things, 500 bucks here or a freebie there. Um, you know, I remember back when I was uh, in 2002 or three, I, I did a deal with a local bar in Boston called the rack because it's no longer there anymore, but you know, they would provide a limo on Monday nights for me to show up with all my friends and they would donate, you know, a thousand bucks to a charity of my choice, have an open bar, have food, and we'd have a free ride home. And so that just kind of spawned this idea of like, hey, a lot of times it's not about the money you put in your pocket at the moment, it's the relationships you make, it's the maybe exchange in value that was provided. And then, you know, eventually you're able to capitalize on those things. But, you know, I've, I've always put my best foot first and actually pin out of pocket a lot of my dollars to show, you know, my, my, my good faith. I mean, whether it's buying tickets for people, a lot of times, I mean, I probably dropped a hundred grand in tickets over my career. I'm not saying that's what everyone should do, yeah. but a lot of times I didn't ask for the money back. Um, whether it was for family, that was different, but if it was four guys from Red Bull wanting to go to experience this game, I'm not going to charge you because of the things you're providing me away from the field or, you know, athletes that are going to musicians, musicians that, you know, I'll be backstage with them and, and hobnobbing with all the celebrities. Like, why am I going to charge you guys? This is going to be a great experience. So I was all about the experience. I'm still, am. um, it always wasn't about the dollar for me. Yeah. And now talking a little bit more specifically about the um, projects that you're working with now and um, your hat right now, kindness, pass it on. I, I believe that's connected to kind humans. Can you just talk more specifically about that product as a whole? Yeah. So, um, worked for GoPro for seven and a half years and, and, uh, due to COVID they, they cut like 400 people in a day. And I was one of them. Um, I beat four or five cuts before that. So pretty proud of that one. Um, know. you know, and this one was just a, a sign of the times, um, uh, which it's all good. So I went through my like sulking period and, and, you know, thought the world was ending like everyone else. And, uh, then I got back to hustling and grinding. I, I put out LinkedIn social posts, you know, a couple, a couple of BCC big emails about the same thing. It's like, Hey, it's been this amazing ride. I've built this global network of people. Um, look at all the crazy things we've done as a group, as a team at GoPro, but now I'm a free agent again. So let's do this. And um, I had a lot of inbound requests of people who either wanted to access the network or understand how it was done through GoPro and content and social and digital and, and production and stuff. And um, a lot of those tools, you know, these brands are, are interested in today and kind human specifically was founded by, one of the guys who hired me at GoPro, him and his wife, uh, he was number four employee at GoPro. She sold sponsorships for Feld Entertainment. They got married and, and after the IPO, he exited. So through this process, um, they were just seeing how much waste was created by products and how much, you know, bad uh, like uh, materials and ingredients were in food and products that you use. And, and she did the research and he has the marketing brain. So they founded Kind Humans and it's really a sustainable marketplace where, you know, kind of like an Amazon for good, where you can go find all these vetted products. Uh, you can read great stories about amazing people doing 
you know, unbelievable things, uh, whether it's for the planet, for cause, for conscious consumption. Um, and obviously when you, when you purchase on the, on the, um, on the, on the platform, there's a give back. So, um, every time you purchase something, your money's kind of going to support another cause. And so, you know, that inspired me and the message is great. And it's a bunch of messages of kindness. I drive a big van now that is wrapped in this stuff. And, you know, I consult for a handful of brands. So that's, it's, um, kind humans is one of them. Knocking points, one of them, I got a film project. So I'm trying to diversify kind of all of these, uh, opportunities as I exited GoPro. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And I'm a wine fan myself. So I'm I'm very interested to learn more about knocking points specifically. And I guess what that um, messaging and journey was all about. Yeah, well, if Matt would share any of this stuff, I've sent him, you know, maybe that <laughs> you get so you get some of the juice. On the um, yeah, so uh, so no, so knocking point was founded. Um, it's funny, because I go to the Derby every year with Tom and, and Teddy and Bravel and Gronk and these guys. And so through this process, there's celebrity tables everywhere. And yeah. um, again, my wife was friends with uh, one of the, the, the co-founder's wife. Um, so we were introduced a little bit through through her, but they would go to the Derby. We'd cross paths and we'd high five and, and slam some drinks, and whatever. And, and some wine would show up in my house. And, and I remember him saying something about it, but I don't really, really what it was. And so I just get the wine. I thought it was cool packaging and and, and quirky kind of, uh, of uh, swag. And so um, when I sent this LinkedIn post out and whatever, you know, he he called me immediately. He's like, hey, you, you want to do some cool stuff with us? I'm like, of course I do. You know, what's it entail? And so. Um, it kind of started with Stephen Amell, who's the co-founder of TV yep. Celebrity, um, and, and Andrew Harding. And, and the idea was, he's from Walla Walla. He's got a tech background at MTV. Stephen's uh, the celebrity in the face. So they'd make these like really cool limited edition labels and sell them out, sell them out, sell them out. They started making some money this way. And they're like, hey, we need to expand this into other celebrities. They're asking us, like, can we make our own wine? So we made, before I got there, they made a wine with Jason Momoa, Zachary Levi, um, and many other celebrities, Chris Jericho, the wrestler and mm-hmm. a handful of people and just, you know, slinging this juice everywhere, all direct consumer. And then when I came on board, it was just after they launched a, a wine called quarantine, which was with Mila and Ashton Kutcher. And, uh, it did something like, you know, a million dollars in the month of April, 2020 wow. for COVID relief. And so it was all done through on the uh, direct to consumer and it was on the today show and jb fallon all these things and <clears throat> and um kind of blew it up and so uh they brought me on doing more of this so then when i came on i brought in jesse james decker and teddy brewski and a mexican celebrity named uh, aaron diaz who i worked with at gopro and, and uh, nicole scherzinger and, and uh, some other big names and so kind of do this little collab process with celebs and then we also have our heritage wines which is really been kind of the cornerstone of my involvement um we we trademarked a wine called game time so it's kind of this like sports centric nod to to people who love drinking wine they don't want to slam ipas or you know vodka on the rocks at these events but they want to drink rosé and red and kind of explore experience game uh sporting events or or what, what have you so really leaning into that we just unlocked distribution in massachusetts um, I was out there for the Pats game last week and kind of going through certain places with the distributor. Um, but it's been really fun, man. And, and I never was a wine guy. And um, the only time I drank wine was when other people were paying for it, you know, because yeah. it was always expensive at dinner. Um, but this stuff is good. And it's, it's, it's a great process, collaborative process with celebrities, artists, sports teams, 
um, you name it. And so, right, I mean, professional wrestlers. So just, it's kind of applying what I did at GoPro in a different form factor. So lifestyle marketing, but through wine. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm in Boston, so I'm going to have to check that out ASAP. And it sounds like just yeah. hearing about you talk and um, talk about your story, it really does see, and I can see the transition from sports and your influence there, building relationships and really carrying over into the real world. So it's really nice to see. And I guess tying it back to football, how did the Patriot way um, kind of lead to your success off the field and lessons you've learned within that organization um, carry over in what I say is the real world? Yeah, it's funny because the Patriot way kind of got coined uh, throughout the process, but I honestly think it's just the team sports way. I mean, it's yeah. it's always about, you know, put the team first, do your job, work hard, um, you know, be attentive, be accountable. It's all those little things that to me in team sports is what a coach, a good coach will ask of you. And so, you know, of course, you know, it was called the Patriots way for a long time, but I you know, just apply that um, off the field. I try to, you know, and it, in a business sense, in a room where people are going to have a meeting about a meeting about another meeting, like I'm just over it. I want to get that first down, get that base hit, you know, and, and like start making moves. And I just hate trading, treading water. And in the, in the corporate world, a lot of times you see that it really just pisses me off because I just, I can't handle people just talking and saying big words just to make them sound educated. You know, it's like, I'm about getting shit done. So let's make it happen. And, um, and if it doesn't work, at least, you know, it doesn't work. And then you can pivot rather than just like have these massive ideas that can fill a room, but you can't execute them. So for me, it's, it's all about execution. I love that. And um, I guess one more question here before we dive into quick, some rapid fire questions, but I guess if you had one biggest takeaway or theme from your experience, both in life or in sports that you could pass along to someone that could, they could really apply to their everyday life, I guess, what would that be? And maybe we've already touched on it today. Yeah. I mean, it's, for me, it's, it's understanding relationships. I mean, being in a team sport and guys that all look, talk, smell, dress, react, they all, and everything's different. And you got to figure out, you know, how to be yourself, but also how to kind of mix into that crowd of, of different, uh, different faces, different places. And so I think that's what team sports has taught me is, you know, everyone's always going to have a different perspective, different view, different way they handle it, different way they see it. But if you guys can come to a middle ground um, and a common kind of this common thread amongst your idea and your planning and execution, um, you'll be successful. And so, you know, I think that's that's a big takeaway from just team sports and in general is, is you know, be flexible and understand that, you know, you're not always right. And everyone um has their own way of doing things, but if, if you can, if you can mix that together to make, uh, to make magic, it'll work for everybody. Yeah. One thing I've really learned in my life and my journey, is it's not always about what you know, but, but who, you know, and, and how you can add value in those relationships as well. And then, and build from there. So that's right. great. And so, yeah, just, I'd love to finish up with like 10 rapid fire questions. You can say one word, one phrase, go deeper. Um, but we'll just dive right in. So who is All your right. favorite athlete growing up? Uh, Magic Johnson. <clears throat> Favorite athlete to watch in current day sports? Tom Brady. Okay. Best moment of your sports career? Oh, man. Um, you know, I had a lot of good moments in the league, but 
the moment <clears throat> when I found out the guys I was competing with got cut and I was going to make an NFL team was pretty special. Like I remember being in my hotel room and just like getting a call on the hotel phone, like, Hey, it's you. And then like, just had to sit down for a minute and be like, wow, that they chose me. Um, obviously the Super Bowls and all these things mean a lot, but that's where it started. Yep. Who's your favorite music artist? Bob Marley. It's a good pick. Favorite type of wine? I'm a fan. I just found this out that I like Grenache. I didn't even know this um, until I started at Knocking Point. So um, we made a wine with, with Aaron Diaz, who's the Mexican celebrity, who's a friend of mine, and we called it Pinche Wine, um, and it's good. And so I like that now. I like it. Best place you've ever traveled? <clears throat> Australia. <clears throat> Great. Western Two. Australia specifically. I went there uh, right before COVID for a GoPro event, and it was um, – it was pretty special. Saltwater alligators and everything. Got it. I got two more and then we'll finish up. But what is one word that best describes you? Passionate. Got it. And now I have to ask this question. I, I don't expect an answer, but um, Brady or Belichick? Put the team first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Uh, well, Lonnie, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, this was a great conversation. Um, and yeah, I hope that these lessons that you talk about in your journey can be passed along to some of the athletes in current day sports and, and we can build and start to create some cool content together and, and go from there. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Lonnie. We'll talk soon. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of the Pass the Torch podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, head to torchpro.com for more content with pro athletes, coaches, and sports personalities that includes some awesome behind-the-scenes video features and even docu-series. I promise you guys will love the content. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next show.